Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 147 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about three things that Jesus wants to do for you. Let's dive in. Well, before we dive in, I just wanted to let you know that every single month I give away free books. It's actually just one of the things I just love to do. Books have really just been a deep part of my personal spiritual spiritual journey. And so one of the things I've just been doing over the last several years is every single month I give away a brand new book. And this month I've been really excited because the book that I've chosen to give away is Come Down Lord. It was actually a book recommended by Leonard Ravenhill in the interview I mentioned actually a couple episodes ago. And the book is basically just this very simple book to call us back to revival and to prayer and to repentance. Well, if you're interested in winning one of those copies of the book, Come Down Lord, all you need to do is go to deeperchristian.com and click on the monthly book giveaway. Uh, There's a link at the very bottom in the footer, and that will take you to that page. You can sign up and uh, you can register to win. Well, for today's episode, I wanted to bring you into a thought that I've been having all week long which concerns this idea of Jesus being the good shepherd. I love John chapter 10. And in John chapter 10, Jesus gives two of the great I am statements where he says, I am the gate or I am the door. And then he also says that I am the good shepherd. And I've been walking through these I am statements of Jesus. And it's just been a really rich kind of a meditation, a thought to hold on to just to ponder Jesus all throughout the day. And one of the things I've just been really just struck with is this fact that If he is, in fact, the good shepherd, which he is, you realize it actually says something about what he wants to do in my life. Now, I understand biblically that there's a lot of things that God wants to do in your life. For example, he wants to sanctify you and make you holy and bring forth his character and his nature in your life that that you begin to exhibit love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. But in the context of the shepherding language, I've been really just mesmerized by the fact that there are three key things that God is wanting to do in our lives as he is the good shepherd. Now, I just want to read this passage. It's in John chapter 10, verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, 
who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because he's a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my sheep, even as the father knows me. So I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. What a beautiful passage. And one of the things that just strikes me is the fact that if he is the good shepherd, that actually means that I need to recognize myself as sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but sheep, hands down, probably are one of the dumbest animals in the entire animal kingdom, which I do find is kind of cheeky that God compares us to sheep. But one of the things I love about that metaphor that we, his people, are the sheep of his pasture is the fact that sheep demand a shepherd. See, I've never once heard of a wild flock of sheep somewhere in this world. See, there are no wild sheep. Why is that? Yet you can have wild goats, you can have wild horses, you can probably even have wild cows. But sheep are not able to survive without a shepherd. And I actually think that's one of the reasons why God gave us the metaphor that we are his sheep, because it demands that we have a shepherd. See, sheep must be dependent on the shepherd. And there seems like there are three key things that the shepherd does for the sheep that sheep require in order to survive. Now, get these three things. I just think this is profound. The shepherd provides safety and security that as the shepherd, he is going to guard the flock. In fact, even in the passage I just read, Jesus says that a good shepherd is going to lay down his life for the sheep. Now, we know that Jesus is talking about the cross and the fact that as the good shepherd, he is going to be laying down his life for us, his people, and really shedding his blood so that we, his sheep, might have life. But one of the key things the shepherd does is gives protection and safety and security. One of the other things the shepherd gives is provision, that he actually has to lead the sheep to green pastures and the quiet waters. And it's been often said that sheep, you know, it's really hard for them to drink water if the if the water is running, probably because it gets up into their nose and they can't breathe. And, <laughs> and that's obviously a problem. And so sheep need still waters and they don't know how to find their food. So they, they have to be led to pastures. So when you turn and look at Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet, still waters. He restores my soul. See, that's actually one of the roles of the shepherd, that he is to be the provider for the sheep. And then third, the shepherd is to give direction, that he actually leads the sheep. I I love what John 10 uh, verse 3 says. It's talking about the gate. He's using that metaphor of him being the gate or the door. But he says that the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out that he gives them direction. He, he leads them where they need to go. So as sheep, sheep must be dependent upon the shepherd and the sheep must trust that the shepherd is going to give protection, provision, and direction. And likewise, in our life, we need to trust that our good shepherd is going to give us protection, provision, and direction. Uh, one of my good friends, Dan McConaughey, he mentioned some time ago, and I just thought it was interesting He was doing this study on the fact that all throughout the New Testament, you know, like Paul uses the language that I am a slave of Christ. And Dan says, it's interesting to me that 
that when you go back into the Roman culture of Paul's day, there were three things that a master had to legally provide his servant. And it was protection, provision, and direction. That as a master, even a bad master was legally required to give protection to his servant, to give provision and provide what he needs to survive and give direction to tell him what to do. And Dan said, isn't it interesting that even a bad master legally was required to give those three things. And here is Paul. And in reality, all of us who come to our Lord and master, that's actually what the word Lord curious means. It's he is our master. And there's this idea that when we come to our Lord, Jesus Christ, that he actually, at least using the context of the Roman world, is really held to give us three things, protection, provision, and direction. But he's not a bad master. In fact, he is the greatest master. And I love that picture in the Old Testament where a servant who saw the goodness of his master, who just said, it's actually better that I would be a servant for life than trying to do this on my own, that he would like give himself to the master. And you know, of course, they would take his ear to the doorpost and put an all through it and, and really have a signal that his ear belongs to his master, that he's only going to have an ear to listen to one voice, his master. And there's this beautiful thought of, well, the Lord is our master, that we are, in essence, slaves of Christ. And as such, isn't it a great thought that he will give us protection, provision, and direction, not because he has to, but just because he's a good master. Well, I took all of that and I was looking at this passage in John 10 and I said, wow, that is so interesting to me that as a good shepherd, he does the same thing to his sheep. And that does make sense. Sheep must give themselves independence, independency to their great shepherd. And they are in essence slaves that they're not just to do whatever they want to do. They must abide by the will of their good shepherd. And if they know that the shepherd is, in fact, a good shepherd, then they can trust him. They can trust him to give them direction. They can trust the shepherd to give the provision and the protection and to literally lead their way wherever he wants to take the sheep. So I just thought it was a profound parallel between this idea of Christ being our Lord and Christ being our good shepherd. In either case, do you recognize that our God wants to be our protection, provision, and direction. Not even so much he wants to give it. He wants to be that himself. And just as a fun side note, isn't it interesting that if you examine most of our prayer lives, it seems like there are three key things that we tend to pray for, perhaps above all else. See, we tend to pray for our protection. We tend to pray for our provision. And we tend to pray for direction. But as a good Lord and as a good shepherd, he wants to give these three things to you that you don't even have to just be asking for, hey, God, I need direction for this moment or God, I need I need safety and security and provision. See, he is a good shepherd and he is going to provide those. Will you trust the life, the character, the nature of our good shepherd? Now, you may be asking, well, yeah, but how am I going to know the direction? How am I going to know how God's going to provide and, you know, protect? See, isn't it interesting that a sheep must know their shepherd? Again, in John 10, 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. Even as the father knows me, so I know the father. 
And if you spend any time around me, I always talk about this word gnosko. And in the Greek, this word gnosko is not just knowing or having a knowledge of something because you've read it in a book or because you just had some perception. Gnosko is this idea that you know something because of experience or relationship or, or intimacy. Do you know what Jesus is saying here in this passage? He uses the word gnosko and he says, hey, I know the father. It's not just I know about the father. I actually have relationship with the father and the father has relationship with me. So too, Jesus says, I intimately know gnosko my sheep and my sheep gnosko me. See, the only way that we can trust in the loving supply of our shepherd, see, the only way that we're actually going to know what he's doing and directing in our lives is we must get to know him. That this isn't just, well, yeah, I know about Jesus and yeah, I attend church on Sundays and yeah, you know, I open my Bibles on Bible on, Bible on occasion. No, it's, I actually know my shepherd. Do you know your shepherd? It's amazing to me that the more you get to know your shepherd, the more not only can, can you trust him, but the easier it is to follow his lead because you know his voice. And again, back in John chapter 10, verse 3, there's that beautiful picture of the sheep. He knows the sheep by name and the sheep hear his voice. And if you know anything about the herding of sheep back in back in the ancient days, right? They would take all these sheep and they would all, all these shepherds would come to the watering hole and, oh no, all, all the sheep are getting mixed together. How, how are we going to pick our sheep out? Well, all the shepherd has to do is the shepherd begins to walk away from the well of the water. And as he walks away, he gives this little guttural sound and he calls the sheep and every shepherd has a different sound. And the sheep of the shepherd has spent so much time with the shepherd. They know the shepherd's voice. So they hear the voice and they follow that they're not going to follow any other voice. Why? Because they only have an ear for one shepherd. See, it's like their ear has been pierced to the door with an awl, and they only have an ear for their Lord and master, their good shepherd. See, that's what we need with Jesus. See, we need to spend so much time with our King. We need to spend so much time with our shepherd that we just, we know him, not just know about him. We intimately know him and we actually know his voice that we're not going to be persuaded and distracted by other voices. Well, why? Because they're not our shepherd. See, don't you want to know Jesus like that? See, don't, don't, don't you just want to hunger and thirst after him like that? See, I want to get to know Jesus so well that I know his voice. In fact, I, I want to, I want him to know my name and I want to know him intimately just as Jesus knew the father. So I want to know Jesus. What an amazing reality and promise. And if I would begin to press into Jesus like that, then hands down, guaranteed, I will experience protection, provision, and direction from my good shepherd. What a phenomenal thought. Well, I hope that's just an encouragement for you to freshly press in to your good shepherd and actually get to know him and, and hear his voice and begin to just have this overwhelming love and trust in the protection, provision, and direction of the one who loves you more than anyone else. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 147 for episode 147. And until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around the great shepherd himself, Jesus Christ.